0: Everyone runs away from pain, dodging the truth it comes with. But you are done with limiting your greatness in the shackles of fear. You see fuel in the fire. You taste ripe fruit in real answers. You move to the drums with wild expression. Enter from pain to gain, the podcast about identifying pain so you can ultimately gain health and wealth. Because without identifying a mountain, how can you climb it? Here's your host, Ivan Alpha. Welcome back to From Pain to Game. Today we are talking about how music is dangerous and typically we want to identify what's the game not just identifying you know this is just painful in the short term or long term and to help me do that is Jason Montoya who is on this other side of the screen here. Hello
1: Mr. Ivan. Welcome everyone. I'm Jason Montoya. Good to Good to meet you in the virtual digital world.
0: (laughs) And could you describe just who you are and the amazing successes you've had and what you do now?
1: Yeah, yeah. So my again, my name is Jason Montoya. Um, I am a a freelancer, consultant, coach. Um, I work with small business owners to help them grow their sales and influence through digital online uh, content creation and marketing. I'm also a writer. I I blog, I podcast, Um, I've written two books, working on my third now. Um, one for small business owners, one for freelancing, and working on one for Christians. Um, so yeah, uh, do a lot of creation. I'm a very creative person, and uh, and actually, it was through uh, my former marketing company that I met Ivan many years ago, and and we became friends uh, since. So does that cover it?
0: We're not just friends; we're BFFs, man.
1: <laughs> BFF. FF jumper. don't F-F- diminish
0: me ever.
1: <laughs> you get you get three and a half F's on okay. the BF. On the B-F-F. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
0: hey, I, I just gotta call this out. Cause people are all about numbers. Can you just if you had to put a a, a number amount on your, your marketing agencies, the transactions you've done? Because people just like to hear, you know, I've done probably over five, ten million dollars worth of deals, you know, people just kind of drive to that. What what number would you put
1: on that? Well, what I would say is I'm a uh, six figure um, annual freelancer, which probably puts me in the top ten percent of freelancers in the world. Um, but uh, I'd have to do some more research. But what I would also say is I've been freelancing um, for since 2014. And this year I will cross the million-dollar threshold and the amount of income I've generated as a freelancer. Sweet, man. So, yeah, I've been doing it a while and it's been working. So that's why I wrote a book on it. <laughs> and, uh, and the systems I've created have really helped make that happen and to create that consistency. So.
0: And you didn't even touch on the marketing company you had before that. So yeah, what- I
1: started a marketing agency for seven years from 2014 to 2000 sorry, from 2007 to 2014 and, um, quite a, a, you know, a journey there, but the lesson, a lot of the lessons I learned is how I, uh, what, what I applied to in my freelancing journey, mm-hmm. which is what helped me to achieve the type of success that I've had. So a lot of failure, um, along the way. And then that failure learned, you know, I channeled that into lessons learned, and then those lessons helped me become successful as a freelancer. So sometimes that wandering in the desert, uh, era season, um, isn't, may feel like a waste when it's happening, but is uh, often um, uh, redeemed in the future. So,
0: hey amen, dude. Already dropping yeah. gems and we're not even started yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, All right. So, the dangers of music. I wanted to summarize this the, the pain, the gain of it by first going into the concept of a cage. Uh, okay. The cage concept I've kind of developed over the years. And I'm just kind of releasing more into the public now. The CAGE is an abbreviation for complacency, atrophy, guilt, and lastly, the escape.
1: So these
0: are the major phases of being able to go from pain to gain. Yeah. Go ahead and jump right into how we could do that in terms of music. Because this is a major part of our lives nowadays. Um, So we could just jump right into some of the statistics behind it. You know, yeah, that sounds helpful.
1: like a good place to start. Um, yeah.
0: So the American Psychological Association, this is an article on their website. It, it was a, they, made, they followed the study that challenges the ancient Greek catharsis hypothesis. Okay. It, it claims that expressing aggressive emotion will later decrease aggressive behavior. Instead, researchers from researchers from Iowa State University and Texas Department of Human Services found that aggressive music lyrics increase aggressive thoughts and feelings which might perpetuate aggressive behavior and have long-term effects, such as influencing listeners' perceptions of society and contributing to the development of aggressive personalities." And speaking of development, that first brings me to uh, children. Yeah. That's the kind of the main concern that brought up to me there. did you want to touch on that, Jason, before I resume?
1: Well, what I'm wondering is, uh, um, or what, what I'm reminded of is that verse, um, I think it's in Matthew from the words of Jesus and he, and he, he speaks about, um, it's not what goes in, uh, what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Um, but what comes, or sorry, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. So uh, the reason that that came to mind is the uh, what we put into ourselves um, has an effect on who we are and who we become. And so as much as we might not like that idea um, it's, it's possible. So there's also some psychological research I've seen uh, for people less, less mature people, particularly children um, that are highly influenced by the words that are spoken to them by their teachers, by their parents. And so, um, the younger or less mature someone is the weight of those words actually has a, a greater meaning. And I can imagine that people that are, um, you know, have wounds and trauma or have broken homes or broken families, um, when they're listening to certain types of music, it can have a larger influence and impact, especially if their friends are listening to that in a way that, um, it internalizes it, uh, in a deeper level. So does that make sense? You, you resonate yeah. with any of that?
0: Yeah, I actually brought it a connection point to when I was a, a website developer also. The okay. concept of uh garbage in, garbage out. It describes how when a database is intaking data, whenever it gets rendered on a website, will yeah. be immediately garbage also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting connection yeah. to
1: that. And it, it is, it's a hard it there is an aspect of sacrifice that comes to mind. Um When I just think about the music I listen to, um, there's sometimes there's like a really great song, but there's like a part of it or a few sentences that are just like really bad or, or that uses some kind of language. It's just really, um, off-putting and it's disappointing. Like, oh, I really like this song, but it's got this thing in it that I, so I, I sort of have to let it go, um. And so that I can imagine, you know, that a lot of people have a hard time with that, um, especially if you've been ingrained with a certain type of music for a long period of time.
0: Yeah. And that brings me to, I think by the end of this episode, we're going to determine something like, it's not necessarily take the, the, the water with the baby, throw it out, whatever, baby with the bath water. I think we're going to come to just be able to discern what's going into your body, and be careful yeah. with it i don't think that we're going to necessarily end this episode with don't you yeah. do that for the rest of yeah. your life yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah and i would agree i, th- I think we have to, to to be virtuous is to learn when is a, things are appropriate or when they're not and how um and sometimes there are general rules we can follow but but yeah that's that's helpful to know when to apply it so you mentioned cage which is complacency atrophy guilt and escape do you want to maybe dive into each of the four of those in a little more detail, starting with complacency?
0: Yeah. Before I do that, let me wrap up these last little studies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. This diagram on how music affects the brain. And as you can see, it affects quite a bit. I'll put okay. the references in the description. Um, the major sections, the frontal lobe, even middle, top, back, all of the above. So it's interesting how the brain kind of responds to that. But more specifically, the biggest circle in that is the frontal lobe. And the frontal lobe controls planning, self-control, memory formation, empathy, and attention. It's also the biggest part of the cerebral hemisphere. It's larger and more developed in humans than any other organism. So that was also interesting to me as we talk also about the children aspect as to what's plopping in there. they're growing up what's normal what's not normal gets determined also by music the more repetition the child hears it right yeah you being a a father of five children know how much (laughs) repetition happens with music and movies and all this stuff
1: yeah in fact you know this that's, that's discipline right is repeating don't do this do this don't do this do that you know just saying it over and over and even as adults we need that as well so um so yeah that repetition is definitely important and and as often we can be sick of the repetition, but it's actually um, leaders are repeaters. So,
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah. And uh, I hope that many of the listeners want to be leaders or just want to continue being greater, greater, greater leaders.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So complacency. This is uh, probably could acro- apply to across the board, our entire society. <laughs> in many yeah. ways. Well, what do you think and, and how it applies to music, Jason?
1: Well, um, you know, yeah, I guess the one thing that comes to mind is with complacency, um it, it well, I'll kind of rewind i I'm born in '84 so i am I grew up with this thing called the radio, and the radio, um it played music by its own accord. It, it played whatever it played, and so you had to listen to it or you didn't or change the channel. And so there's a little, there's a lot more control over what we listen to now in terms of like Spotify or whatever, where you can essentially choose what you want to listen to. But I think what comes to mind with just the idea of complacency is that a lot of music that we listen to probably isn't entirely our choice. Um, you know, you go to a sports game, you go to church, you go to, you drive with someone and, and the music is often selected for us. So that's one thing that comes to mind in terms of just music. Um, and That complacency bears uh, um, kind of comfort in the sense that now we like the song, we heard it, but we haven't maybe even thought about what that song means, what it's saying, how it's affecting us. So I don't know. What do you you think about complacency?
0: There's another aspect of this that comes up, which applies to TV and other media, which would be separate episodes. But there is also an aspect of there is no option. Uh, of when you're listening to pop music, there's a generic theme of misogyny, and just disrespect uh, that's kind of imbued in between the lines. Uh, and uh, one of the talking points I had was also when I was growing up, even we're not even just talking about now, there were songs that were, oh, it sounded good. It makes you want to move your booty. <laughs> but when I can reflect on it, for example, this song by the artist named Next, It's called Too Close. When I was, as an adult, thinking about, you know, I was curious what the lyrics mean on this. And it was actually talking about, openly talking about erections. (laughs) I was like, oh boy. I was an 11-year-old. And I, looking back, acted on those things that the song was saying. Kind of almost making a, a facetious thing of them and how to behave with them in terms of uh women females yeah and i realized yeah i acted inappropriately i can't necessarily blame that song um yeah but as a child i could also see how i could be what's the word i'm looking for jason um kind of made
1: susceptible or
0: susceptible or like this is just innocent behavior right
1: oh okay naive yeah
0: yeah i could relate it to how yeah actually this was even true growing up like twerking has become a normal thing but this is actually pretty like i don't want my child doing that right
1: yeah
0: (laughs) i remember my uh, my mom even was like curious she just heard about the concept of twerking she didn't know what it looked like or what it was and she said Oh, I heard about this in the news the other day. Could you teach me? I was like, no, 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 no,
1: (laughs) never. (laughs) So, what was I guess when you were growing up? What was the relationship between you and your parent parents um, in regards to musical censorship? Like, where did you have free reign to listen to whatever you wanted? Did did they, you know, did did you have restrictions? How, How did that play out for you?
0: No, there was no restrictions. Um, the only restriction was like staying up too late, getting you know, my, my door knocked off or something. <laughs> like yeah. Turn that off, turn the computer off. Um,
1: was that something that you wish you had had um, at the time or in retrospect?
0: I think an uh, even larger question would be, well, I wish I had a conversation, not just about music, but maybe yeah. about even sex and other kind of topics floating in my brain, which I didn't have. And there's also a subject of why this podcast even exists.
1: So really, it filled a gap for you that that wasn't filled in any other way. And so you're working with perhaps the bottom of the barrel uh, insights or wisdom (laughs) because it's this particular song, as you gave an example, right? Yeah. I
0: mean, it was on a pop station too all the time. So it's not like you could just avoid it. Um, yeah there's a lot more control now right if you have access to a phone or computer mm-hmm. i can control what i want to listen to
1: is so was there a dynamic that has to do with okay this is a popular song right now and so i want to like it because everyone else likes it and kind of want to be included is that yeah. part of it
0: yeah there's a, a pure thing to it right yeah like, um, i even used to burn cds for friends and they would listen to stuff like that and want me to burn yeah those songs yeah those cds
1: so, okay, so that's complacency. So talk to us about atrophy.
0: Atrophy, this is where more of the subversion goes on. Okay. We're talking about once you've numbed, like we're talking about the brain, it's thinking something's normal. Now this is a new normal. So okay. it makes me think of how some, saying something 30 years ago would have been okay as a universal troop. But in today's society, you would be a pariah. Yeah. Jason, what's an example of that?
1: Um, hmm. Well, I'm trying to... Th- yeah, it's, nothing's coming to mind. I'm blanking. Um, okay.
0: I'm glad I challenged you. I can think me. one right now. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so, the, the whole um, kind of allowing transgender folks into um, competitions. Okay. Whereas we know this scientifically, genetically, like if we're even talking about just the the wrist, a male's wrist is like 10, 20 X stronger than a female's wrist. Yeah. You can't just outright say this is okay to just allow these sort of folks. uh, I love them to death. Hey, I've had, many meals with transgender folks and they're great people. I love them, but to say it's okay, just because of this is what I want to do with my life. There's no end to that. At, at what I see, and there's a danger to that. Right.
1: Um, well, I think what you're trying to, maybe the root of what you're trying to say is there's a difference between choosing how to live our life. However we want in an autonomous fashion, regardless of maybe the realities at hand and the difference between someone who might believe that that life is designed a particular way in which we're supposed to live within that constraint is, is that what i'm hearing
0: yeah it's kind of like i guess biblical versus not so biblical
1: yeah but i think i would i would even say um because you could have some of that type of delineation of well, what is what is biblical and what isn't and you'd have know, disagreements about that from different points of view. Um, so it'd be maybe a subset of, of that. Um, but there is a distinct difference between, I don't really care what the truth is, or I don't care what the reality is. I want to choose my own way and choose how I want to go about it versus at least diligently, you know, um, wrestling with, with those, um, divinely directed, um, does the designs, the ways of life that are biblical, but also, you know, required to be wrestled with because it's not always obvious or clear how those yeah, or easy out. or <laughs> easy. Yeah.
0: Sometimes it takes years or decades. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: and I think the other, I guess the other thing that comes to mind just the difference between the simple issues versus complex ones. Um, I think we tend to want to make complex issues overly simplistic instead of engaging with, with the complexities of, of, re, of reality. And that goes both ways, you know, politically or religious or non-religious, you know, those types of dynamics. Mm-hmm. And now
0: we got to drive it back home somehow to atrophy. So,
1: so atrophy being, um, I, I guess atrophy is a, is a reversion of, of what it, ought to be, or what's, you know, if you have a strong muscle, it's going to atrophy over time. If it's not used, then it's going to shrink and it's going to become weak. And I think the way that we understand the world and and how we operate in it um, can either strengthen or weaken us. And um, and I, I think in many ways it, it weakens us when we, we can also think it's, strengthening us when it's really weakening us and and that um, can lead us into situations that we're not prepared for when when they hit if that makes sense yeah,
0: yeah that makes sense <clears throat> it brings up another probably entire topic of another episode which is uh, the definition of hedonism the fact of i want to just do whatever i want to do because it makes me feel good
1: yeah and that's kind of what i was trying to allude to is like auto- the autonomous path yeah um but there's consequences
0: to that yeah
1: yeah and so i may choose something i may want it you know and no one may stop me but i still have to deal with the consequences and that's the thing we can never escape no matter how autonomous we want to try and be <laughs> yeah um so i think with with atrophy Um, I think how it comes back in terms of like your example of growing up and listening to music and impacting you in a certain way led you to live a certain way or, or to want to live a certain way and to act a certain way. And, and the ways that it drove you by were, were in a way that, that I think weakened you over time and put you into bad situations and, and um, created brokenness and so i wonder um if the a- the connection to the atrophy that i think of is is just this idea of being vulnerable broken and vulnerable mm. and maybe that ties into the the next the next word which is the guilt
0: oh man that is so such a solid way to put it and before we jump into that atrophy in a In a natural sense, music wasn't the only factor in putting me into a weakened state. Uh, I could put it in all sorts of things, the the habits I allowed to happen, the relationships that I allowed to happen. So it's all a a part of the bigger equation. But yeah, ultimately it rolls up to guilt. Like I wish I should have done that, wish I should have done this. But I guess in in relating to the subversiveness, the subconscious normal there's also an aspect of not being able to control certain things
1: yeah well and that's where the guilt like especially if it leads to us making a regrettable decision an irreversible regrettable decision then um that guilt can be crippling right yeah.
0: crippling and i learned of, of a difference uh take on guilt and the other day that we could touch on for a second here too. This is a critical aspect of why guilt is so important too is that if we have drastic guilt, it could turn into shame. And the mm-hmm. difference between shame and guilt are massive, like worlds of difference. Like we're talking Mars and Earth. Shame yeah. is I am a bad bad person. And I'm just I just do bad things like this. It's a Innumerable identity of I am, I have shame. I am a shameful person. I do shameful things. That's what shame is identity based. Yeah. Guilt. Okay. Guilt is more of a I did a bad thing. I should not have kicked that little shrub over there. That was bad for that shrub. You see, that's a more of an action thing that you could reflect on and build from. Versus identity is, I'm a bad person. I do bad things. I am ashamed of that. So we have a, a, two worlds that we have to reconcile, but this is not good for you because you could just live in that for decades, years. I've done that myself. And then so guilt is the most important thing we've got to overcome here. So how do we overcome guilt in terms of the, the things we've heard uh, allow or allowed into our bodies What's your
1: thoughts, Chase? Well, there's two two ways to look at it. First is is um, is the thing that we're feeling guilty about is it something we're actually guilty for? Mm. Okay. Um, so yeah, we can be made feel we can be made to feel guilty for something that is not our fault. Um, maybe an, another layer of that that's a little bit more nuanced is perhaps the guilt we have. Is only a percentage. So let's say there's a situation with you and a friend, and it and it goes south. Um, perhaps I'm responsible for ninety percent of it going f- failing, or perhaps I'm ten percent responsible. Um, whatever it is, you know, I can take the guilt of the entire hundred percent, or I can also not take any of the guilt, right? And so, um, so also, it's not just whether I am guilty or not, but also to to what degree am I um, is an appropriate uh, level of ownership in that particular guilt. So that's kind of one layer. And then the other aspect of it is, okay, I am legit. What if, what do I do? I'm legitimately guilty. How do I reconcile that? And I think um, as, as a follower of Christ, what, what I'm told and what I'm inspired to be is I am guilty, but yet the debt of which makes me guilty has been paid. And so I am no longer guilty because um, because that debt has been paid. But as a result of that, uh, it, to receive that is to repent of that guilt, to receive um, the mercy, to receive um, uh, to receive the grace, and then to accept it. And so a lot of times, um, so we, we as humans we have to reconcile guilt. And as a Christian, that's, that's how that plays out. And without that, it's, it's a very difficult thing to navigate and to deal with because there are things in life that we are truly guilty for. And, um, uh, we hurt people. We, we, uh, do things we shouldn't. We, even by our own standards, not even by other standards, by our own standards. And so we have to really wrestle with that guilt. So those are kind of two layers, uh, that come to mind for me. How about you?
0: What you said towards the beginning really hit me because I also know people that actively don't care. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also a subject of our society that almost encourages like, oh, it's just rap. Oh, it's just a beat. Uh, It makes me feel good. I want to listen to this bumping down the street. It makes me feel uh, this could be applied to a lot of different aspects of life, but in music and how it connects to I guess a in in America it's it's uh, exemplified that I'ma do me. I'ma do what makes me feel good.
1: It's yeah, like, and that that's that like you said, hedonism, whatever. Yeah, coming back to I me. Mean, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh it's my way or it's it's in it's God's way, right? So which, which am I going to choose? Yeah.
0: And if we can't even overcome that, I guess that relates back to atrophy. If we can't even get back to that, we can't even get to guilt. We can't have remorse of how this is affecting our children. We can't have remorse of how this is affecting how we live our lives. <laughs> to, to the first point that erections are facetious and It almost seemed to imply that all females wanted to feel it upon their bodies type thing. Um, like to not even see it as an issue. You
1: can't. Well, and, and I guess that would be the, a certain type of reasoning would be to say that, Hey, as long as you're not hurting anyone or you're not hurting them within certain limitations, you know you do you you believe what you want to believe um you live your truth you know those kind of things right it's that it's that autonomous spirit um but is that really what it means to be human is that really what it is that we're supposed the way we're supposed to live are are we independent or are we dependent on each other
0: are we or, all independent women <laughs>
1: i don't know what you mean by that but
0: <laughs> it's a beyonce uh, song
1: oh, oh oh okay so um yeah there is definitely a spirit of of that autonomy um and i think as americans it's probably more pervasive than other parts of the world but we do we we do believe that we we can kind of live on our own we are our own island and i think that is the is going to get us further away from who we are and what we're supposed to be.
0: Now that, that I mentioned that Beyonce song, it, it brings up the matter of the uh, complete fork in the road of, of male and female identity structures. On one side, we have songs saying treat women essentially like garbage, um, and supporting that, encouraging that, celebrating that. On one hand, we have, on the other hand, we have kind of women encouraging independence, doing your own thing, not necessarily getting hitched down. And it's almost a, a forcing a complete conflict. Um,
1: yeah. And, and I think that's the inevitability of that autonomous spirit is you're going to have a lot of essentially if you have everyone going in all these different directions you're going to have a lot of conflict Mm -hmm. and because it's going to be in all of these different areas Um, if i go left you go right if i go left and up and you go down and right you know we're going to start and the, the more the further you are from a particular person the more um the more conflict there's going to be and so everyone's going to have their own way and that that's kind of the the definition of a secular age that there is no privileged point of view everyone everyone has their own point of view or own truth but there is nothing that transcends that and so it's simply a matter of who's maybe the most persuasive the most powerful well, you're it's it comes down to something else in terms of enforcement of that of that belief because why should i believe what you believe or why should you believe what i believe um and then the system, the law, the justice system becomes a arbiter of trying to prevent pe- the conflict from erupting, getting too out of hand, right?
0: Yeah, an yeah. arbiter of unlimited variables, basically.
1: Yeah, which is very difficult to, to navigate. So. Yeah. so we've got atrophy, guilt. Um, Hold on, there's one more one more yeah. thing we'll touch on.
0: Uh, on the drive in today, I was realizing. Um, I even heard this on YouTube the other day. A lot of Disney movies, I know this is another topic, should be another episode. But a lot of Disney movies have separated families, uh, like step families, and um, they're not together. Basically, divorced parents. And I realized, whoa. So this is totally normalized. It's it's almost not normal to have a united family anymore. That's going to be a whole different topic <laughs> we could touch on. But that is pretty scary, pretty terrifying, right? Because now we're talking about actual intentional divisions that are normalized. But, okay, that's a tangent. Well,
1: yeah. And I guess, so the, the one thing I would say is that I, I, I actually think that tends to be more of a reflection of the reality that we live. Um, then the, then the creator of it. Right. So what's the chicken or the egg? Um, I think our, our creative outlets tend to be a reflection of us. So, and back to the music, I do wonder if the people creating those, these songs that we're talking about, or that you mentioned, you know, what is, who are they and what's the life they live that caused them to become the person they are who created the music they created. And so um, so that just it, it just brings to mind this idea of this, this uh, intergenerational cycle of, of brokenness that just perpetuates and eventually it escalates in a way that uh, has it's more pervasive throughout society. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's an interesting. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that ties into the, the, the next part, which is the escape. You know, how does how does escape yeah. play into this?
0: The escape. Ultimately, I feel it comes down to discernment, um, the ability to say, I don't want this for myself, I don't want this for my family, and whenever I do want this, I have to be mindful to Okay. maybe pray after it, maybe uh, have some sort of way to you know, counteract what just went into your body i'll give you an example one of my favorite artists is patrick wolf he's a london-based artist okay and and his songs is, is a sweet romantic song it's beautiful i think i'm going to sit it, sing it at the my ceremony whenever we get around to that
1: <laughs> okay
0: um but it talks about you know she uh, unfolds her hand For him to put on the ring or something like that. And it it kind of has a a counterbalance of like, he unfolds his hand to her. And then a couple years after I sung the song, probably hundreds of times, I finally looked at the lyrics and it does talk some talk, has a specific lyric saying, he unfolds his hand to him. And I thought it was heterosexual. I didn't know it was actually saying it was a homosexual relationship towards the end of the song. And not that, that there's anything wrong with that. Don't come after me saying I'm anti gay. I'm just saying why was it slipped in there towards the end of the song? Right. Um, on the same note, um, ASMR, uh, this is this YouTube And even on Apple music now thing that helps me sleep. And there's this ASMR artist that from the beginning, two thirds of it was just an innocent pretending to be a British tailor, you know, um, kind of preparing a suit for me. Um, And that's kind of a cool thing, you know, as a man getting a suit prepared for, but the, Towards the end of the one-thirds, I'm glad I listened to this because I could be sleeping by that time. It kind of helps me to sleep, right? The end one-thirds, the guy is actually preparing some heels, specifically red heels. He even brings it into the video. And he said, oh, these are the heels that you, you asked me for earlier in our phone conversation. And that's more than the previous point, Patrick Wolfson. song just pissed me off. I should not be subconsciously in the middle of my sleep, uh, getting my thoughts altered basically, because that's what subliminal messages do, right? Uh, That sort of thing uh, sort of ties in the music because it's just audio, um, it bothers me. I should not have my brain played with when I'm not even thinking it should be. What's your thoughts on this game? Jason.
1: Um, Hmm. Well,
0: so escape.
1: I mean, we, we escape. Uh, I mean, life is tragic. Life is tragedy. Life is suffering. Um, that's the, um, outside the cross, that's, that's how, it, how reality it's just brutal. Um, but with Christ on the cross, it provides redemption. And so there's a, I guess, a double-sided, uh, edge with the escape. Um, we want to get away from the pain. We want to get away from the suffering. We don't want to go into the fire. And so we choose lots of ways to get out of it. And, <laughs> um, with ways to not feel ways to not think, um, ways eventually, you know, someone might consider not living. Um, so the suffering and the pain, it is very difficult and very hard and, you know, not like we should want to suffer, but, um, but we also, when we do suffer, we, we, we do not necessarily as humans manage it well. And so we want to, we want to get away from that. And, um, but, but there is something, and you know, this is the the essence of your show from pain to gain. There's something about walking through the pain, walking through the suffering for a greater purpose for the light on the other side of the darkness. And, and so instead of perpetuating our pain and suffering, we can essentially lean into the pain and suffering to exit the pain and suffering, um, for a better, for a better future. If that makes sense
0: yeah, we can't really appreciate the grace God has for us unless we've actually been down the the spiral, one could say. I could definitely relate to that in my 20s. I lived all sorts of a hedonistic lifestyle and ultimately I was like, where have I gone? So there's, there's a value to that too and Life is suffering. And I, I feel like God is not just letting all this happen just because, well, a lot of people say, right, oh, he must be an evil guy up there. But I think there's a, a purpose for it, for us to understand, yeah. understand all sides of the coin, because I think there's something bigger that's going to transpire when, when we're with him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have to trust, you know, we trust in God that as bad as it is, as bad as it gets, or as good as it gets or as good as it is that he is good and that he is orchestrating things for the greater good. And, um, and sometimes we can't see what that is. So it's hard to trust when you can't see, but, um, but the, what's the alternative, you know, the alternative um, is, is not, you know, what's the alternative explanation to that. And uh, I don't know that there is one. So the the alternative explanation is that we are on our own. No one is going to help us. So buckle down and, and, uh, and uh, hold on to your butts.
0: <laughs> or my phrase, wish upon a star. something will, will be okay.
1: Yeah. And so we can be overly optimistic. And, um, and that can actually uh, further despair um, when that hope isn't, connected to something transcendent or real yeah so yeah
0: that brings me to a concept of the, the buddhism culture which is uh, completely opposite of christ the karma you know karma's real type thing uh, so if we're to have this perspective of evil was done to us or evil was done to another we're always going to be drowning we're always going to be in a downward spiral because of the, the debt is just so massive uh, but when it comes to yep. jesus there's no debt that's big enough
1: to prepare. yeah and so and in buddha buddhism is, is connected to hinduism which is where the karma i think originates but one of the interesting things in the indian culture is uh with karma specifically is because if, if that's true, if, 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 if the life you're living now is based on a past life and you are suffering now because of what you've done in the past, then that means you can't help people that are suffering because you're essentially, um, you're helping them when they should be suffering. Oh. And so to help them is actually um, unjust, which is very, very uh, much a clash with Christianity, which says to which Christ says, what you do to them, you, the least of them, the least of these you do to me. And so as Christians, we're compelled to help them, but it does create these two worldviews, see it completely differently and it creates a clash. And, um, and so how we see the world makes a difference and it makes a difference in how we endure it and how we, how we see others and how we engage with others.
0: Yeah. And how I see you as my BFF. Triple
1: Fs. So... So let's wrap it up here. We got cage, complacency, atrophy, guilt, escape, pain to gain. We've talked about autonomy versus living within, uh, submitting to a design of life versus designing our own life, which can manifest in a lot of different ways. Um, You know, where we choose our, 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 who our our biological composition, our, um, our sexual preferences, our sexual acts are, um, you know, the difference between, um, designing our life, the way we want it versus living our life within a design that's been created for us. And, and they, they do, we, we really, um, we really incline, or we, we move towards choosing our own own adventure. Um, but the further we get away from the design of life, the more suffering and pain we, we cause for ourselves and others. And so, it's through that process of becoming complacent, atrophying, weakening, um, experiencing that guilt and trying to escape that guilt Mm -hmm. um, through unhealthy channels. And yeah, music might be one of those channels, or it might be a way that it might be something that shapes how we understand tragedy and how we understand life and our identity. But I think ultimately there are a lot of people that are confused I think things are complex and I think we have a hard time understanding that complexity and communicating to it and through it. And we are lost in many ways. We are utterly dependent on, 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 on something outside ourselves. But if all we have is ourselves, then it's only going to continue.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so any final words for you? the question
0: was to escape was discernment and, and Michelle, what, what's yours? Say that again. My, my suggestion to escape the end point was to discern as best you can, basically. What's kind of your suggestion on that?
1: Yeah, I kind of, uh, it's to, uh, to escape is to run away, it's to flee. And so perhaps the alternative would be to face mm. whatever it is I'm escaping, to look at it head on and face it directly. I kind of think of the end of the first Matrix. He's running from agent Smith. He's running like the whole movie. And at the end of the movies, he's face to face with him. Right. And, um, it's not entirely his choice, but that's the way it worked out. So he turns to him and, and he faces it. And it, in that case, it costs him his life of which he's resuscitated, but, um, resurrected, but, um, but facing, facing whatever we're running away from head on and it's going to be hard. It's going to hurt. Um, but ultimately so, yeah.
0: you from whatever you're going yeah. That's going to be another topic too. I got to talk on, I had a nightmare recently that is tied into the matrix and how there we are basically in a matrix, but it's a lot more subversive, a lot more real. It's not a movie. So I'll talk to that nightmare. I had a couple episodes from now, but anyways, thank you so much, Jason, the amazing insights you provided the great questions. Can't wait to see you again, brother. All right. Sounds good. Episode sponsored by Common Walk, a real estate company dedicated to affordable housing investment. To learn more, visit commonwalk.com.